Hey there, welcome back to the podcast. How's the Arctic blast treating you? You enjoying that? (laughs) If you hear any rumble in the background, it's because I'm sitting here in my truck. The temperature is 20, and I just got finished brushing off three, three and a half inches of snow. And, uh, yeah, good times. I remember... (laughs) You know, I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up in Illinois. Snow was very normal for my childhood. Um, It was our job to get up and shovel snow. Um, Ideally, before my dad headed out to work and and before we would go out to school. Because, you know, school doesn't get canceled up there like it does in the South. Um, (laughs) Or at least it didn't used to, anyway. And so, I, I now remember... All the years, how many years? 15 years plus I lived in Georgia. And we lived, when we moved out of Atlanta and and moved to northeast Georgia, we were always on that line where it would snow just north of us and we would get rain. And I just remember, oh man, we never get any snow. We never get snow. (laughs) And my wife and I, we would drive just... It was we could get up to snow in an hour up into North Carolina. Um, and we would drive up to the snow and man, it was so awesome to go find snow. <laughs> well now we've been in, in Virginia for three years and <laughs> I have to say, like I would be fine without snow. I mean, I don't know. My son enjoys it, you know, obviously for him playing in it, I'll play in it, I'll sled. And I'll enjoy it. But like, I work outside. <laughs> um, and I love being outside. I love doing stuff on our farm. I love being out, working outside. And so, this morning it was 14. Um, yesterday's high, I don't know. It was in the 20s. <laughs> it's crazy cold. And guess what? You're not doing anything outside. <laughs> uh, other than breaking up the ice and trying to keep your cows fed. And, you know, all those fun things. And so, yeah. It's a pretty good chance that wherever you are, you got a dose of it yourself. I mean, my goodness, even my family that lives on the Alabama coast, I think they were in the 20s overnight. Um and, and my friend up in, in uh, northern Illinois, holy cow, they were single digits. And, uh, ugh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of winter. <laughs> but, of course, I'm not here for a weather report. <laughs> um, but as I sit here with my truck thawing, trying to get so I can see through my windshield enough to head out today to do a little bit of work inside... Thankfully, it's at one of my dealerships that are inside with heat. That's the only way I can go out. Um, there's some things in my household going on right now that are, are very challenging. Um, oh, man. Very hard to endure. And the Lord is really speaking to me some things and asking me some questions along those lines about where I am with these matters that I'm dealing with. Um, primarily with my young son. And anyone who has walked 
according to the teachings of Jesus, endeavoring to be a, a, a household that is godly, and as I always say to clarify, not just moral, not just church-going, but godly, holy, consecrated, set apart, because they are very different. I have to believe that all of those that have gone before me and that are now doing that themselves in this age, it is very hard to rightly balance what feels like what is best versus what we know is best. We are in a season right now in our household that's very difficult with our hearts because there are things right now that like I wish were just different and if I gave myself to could be very quickly resolved and relief could come quite easily to heart matters but it's not what the Lord's asking of me it's not what the Lord is saying it's not what I know for certain is producing something eternal in my household. But it's very hard because it's like, let's use just an example of even just our natural bodies. Like if you have a migraine headache and you know that there's a bottle of pills right in front of you that could bring you relief, quick relief even. But the Lord has told you, no, you endure. You endure the pain, endure the migraine. If the Lord has spoken that now, no, you deny yourself and you lean into me to be your satisfaction. Like I recorded two days ago, let me be your satisfaction. Let me be your comforter. Because again, he, the, the let's just be specific, Holy Spirit is the comforter. But unless we are in a position by will, by choice, where we need comforted, can Holy Spirit be the comforter? No. He is comforter, yes. And just like I've said about all these attributes of God, eternal Yahweh God is XXXXX, but until mankind gives him that place, he cannot be who he is to us individually. Yeshua Messiah, Jesus the Christ, came, Emmanuel, God in the flesh, wrapped up in the form of man to bear all of sin to redeem mankind. But until that man embraces that truth and applies it to himself, let's just use the blood analogy, until the blood is applied on the doorpost of that man... The blood is of no use. It's of no use. It is, it is wasted. It's not applied. And therefore, it cannot accomplish what it in fact was and is and can be until it's applied. And so, in my life presently, I am in need of comfort. My son is in need of comfort. So what do we do? Do we rush in and be the comforter by bringing relief, by bringing help in our own ability? Because we do have ability now. 
we can do many things in ourselves that seems right and good. Can we not agree on that? But if it is not what the Lord is asking of us, it cannot and will not produce what the Lord has allowed to come to us to do something that only He Himself can do and in fact, in a greater way, let's say, be to us. He is my food. He is my sustenance. He is my supply. He is my sustainer, my comforter. And I want to read a couple scriptures and then my windshield is, is beginning to turn a little bit to water here, so I'll be able to move out soon. And may the Lord make this clear, whatever he's saying, because kind of what I'm saying right now is a little different than what I was feeling an hour ago. John chapter 6, it is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Yeshua Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who it was that would betray him. He, he himself was saying, For this reason I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him from the Father. As a result of this now, because of these things he's saying, these hard sayings, many of his disciples withdrew, and they were not walking with him anymore. So Jesus said to the twelve, okay, the twelve who remained, the twelve who stuck close, you don't want to go away also, do you? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have words of eternal life. We have believed, and we have come to know that you are in fact the Holy One of God. Where else can we go? What else can we do? And let me just use this along the lines of what I just said to preface that. Can we go to ourselves for relief? Can we resort to our own response to a matter because it doesn't make sense or because it's hurtful to ourselves or to our family or seemingly detrimental? Well, I have to do something. I have to do something to, quote, fix this. But may our response be, in this moment, the disciples were actually thinking clearly, <laughs> where else are we going to go? Jesus said this hard thing. Jesus said something that caused many to walk away from him. But those that remained, those who remembered the revelation of the eternal life, that he, Jesus, was in fact the Holy One of God, they remembered and they said, there is nothing else. There's nothing else for us to go to. There's nothing else for us to put our hope in, to depend on. You're it. You're all we have. In that moment, his closest 12 disciples got it. In that moment now. They understood. There's nowhere else to go. We believe. We believe. And so here's my question this morning that I've been dealing with in our house. Is my son, and this is, you know, yeah, this is transparent. This is, again, 
I believe what one of the things that's lacking in the body is we don't know what's going on in one another. And we all assume we're just struggling alone and like, well, I guess God's just going to do something in this. I don't see it anywhere else. May this be something that's like rightly, spiritually encouraging to say, hey, you know what? This is bearing one another's burdens. This is sharing in the journey of sanctification, of being a people of God on the earth. Not just, well, I'm struggling too, brother, or things are hard with me, you know, gosh. I'm not trying to do that. I'm not just trying to find or extend some camaraderie. I believe this is an example of things that we do read in scriptures in our present day life. Right now, my son, who's eight, we've been having very deep heart-to-heart conversations about his present understanding of God. And does God speak to people? He believes God speaks to daddy. He believes God speaks to men. But God doesn't speak to me, Dad. He doesn't say anything to me. Okay. Well, we've been talking about that in great measure. And it's been really awesome because, again, at his age, he's, I can see him starting to think differently. His reasoning is changing. His, his ability to think through things is really changing. It's maturing. But at his young age, there's many things he doesn't understand and simply cannot be explained to him in a way that he presently can. And that's okay. I understand that. He has limited understanding. He is a child. But he has been saying clearly, God never speaks to me, Daddy. Okay. Well, here's another example of that. I remember years ago, 10 years ago, Back when I used to um, clean up vehicles for people at their homes, the Lord impressed upon me to ask a lady that I did work for regularly at her house to sit down with me and talk for a few minutes in her driveway. So we sat down on this uh, porch swing and we talked. And the Lord had me ask her very specific questions about her deceased husband. That was very hard for me to even get out of my mouth because it was very offensive. It was very hurtful. I didn't know where it was going to go. Oh, God, I don't know. (laughs) You sure you want me to ask her that specifically? It was very specific, and I asked her. I was, the Lord gave me boldness, and so I asked. And her answer was, like, very revealing as to why the Lord would want me to ask her such a question. And so we talked about a lot of things. But one of the things that we got to was she was angry. Here she was in her 70s. You know what? God never speaks to me, Joel. I I mean, I hear people all the time talking about how God tells them this, tells them that. God speaks to them. He never speaks to me. And she had become bitter. She had become angry. And I get it. I mean, no one had ever really explained to her what and how God speaks. You know, all these types of things. And so she is just really no different than so many people. She had been told that, you know, whether whether blatantly obvious or just insinuated that 
if you're good, if you're a good person, if you're who you're supposed to be, then then you'll hear God speak. And basically her position was like, I guess I'm just not good enough. I never hear God talk to me. And I was reminded of that conversation with her this morning as I was talking to my son along the lines of how he feels the same, even at, even at his young age. And, and for him, the question really boiled down to, well, do you ask God to speak to you? And, and, and although like we could say that even with a smile about speaking to an eight-year-old, but I just wonder how much that's true for everyone. Like, are we asking God to speak? Are we asking for him to reveal himself? Are we okay with just saying, God, are you listening? (laughs) Are you there? Because we don't want to be an unbelieving people. We don't want to be a people who lack faith. And I, and I wouldn't in any way say that, like, that's how I communicate with God now. Like, God, are you out there in space somewhere? No, I'm not saying that. For those of us who have experienced God and know Him, and, and that's kind of old news about, like, wondering if He's out there somewhere. I'm not talking about that, but I'm just talking about how we remember who God has been to us, what we have seen, what we have heard. We've got to stop being mere hearers and become listeners. Because God is speaking through ways we could spend a long time this morning talking about different ways God reveals himself even in the pattern of the scriptures, of how God has revealed himself to men. He is a God who reveals himself. He wants to do that. He wants to declare his voice. Man, look, think of all the scriptures, just Old Testament alone. How the voice of God thundered from the heavens, from the mountains, out of the tabernacle. And how that is the pattern of God. He is speaking. The problem, y'all, is we've become dull of hearing. We're not listening anymore. And again, my theme continues. God is never changed. He's never changed His speaking. We're not in some age where God does not speak anymore. But I would say that that is how we act is that, well, God just doesn't speak anymore like that. I would say that's not at all true. But He is near to what? To those who draw near to Him. We must do something. We must go to Him. We must present ourselves to Him. Because that is when He's here. That is when He speaks. That is when He draws nigh. Is that when we take the initiative to move to Him. Asking Him to speak, to reveal. Second Timothy 1, verse 12. 
For this reason I also suffer things. But I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I've believed. I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. So there's some questions in just that one verse. What have we entrusted to him? That's a very key part of that verse. Have I entrusted my son to him? In this season that makes no sense and seemingly on the surface, especially to my son, seems very harmful, disappointing, and detrimental to him. Do I believe he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him? We must first ask ourselves, have we trusted God? Have we entrusted our children, our present, our past, and our futures into the hands of God? Or are we in any way trying to medicate and bring relief to a circumstance that just flat out we don't prefer? Well, I have to have things this way. I have to have this. I have to do this. My son, my children, they will have this. They will have that. We will do these things because they're even good, right, godly things. Are we taking on places and responsibilities and functions that are not for us? Or are we being careful to say, God, you are able to guard what I have entrusted to you until that day comes. What day? Until the culmination of of this season, of my life, of the life of my son and my son's sons. I am practicing to entrust myself, my household, our plans into the one who is able to guard us and to keep it. Verse 13, this is an awesome charge and I will say this to myself and to you. Retain the standard of sound words which you have heard even from me in the faith And love, which are in Christ Jesus, guard through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us the treasure which has been entrusted to you. Friends, this is something that's been very lacking in the body. I will say this and just touch on it and keep moving. I often have heard, that's not really an accurate way, I often hear, but more so in past years have heard, well, you need a covering, Joel. You need spiritual fathers. You need overseers. You need someone to give you insight, direction. Amen. Where are they? Where are they? Timothy had Paul. I've not had a Paul. I've not had someone to say, Retain the standard which you have heard from me, son. Guard yourself through the Holy Spirit because he indwells us. There has been a treasure entrusted to you. Friends, that's been lacking. 
There's been no one going before us. Where are the modern day saints? Where are they? Where are the men who can rightly say now, rightly say in humility, I have walked with the Lord for 40 years in humility. I have laid myself low. I don't want to lord over you. Nor am I saying that I'm completely incapable because I'm just a nobody. Where are the men in the in-between who are mature yet humble? Who are accountable and responsible yet yielded before the Lord and man to serve? Who could rightly say, cling to what you've heard from me. Sound words. Keep a standard that you've seen. Keep a standard that you've seen in me. Brothers, I want to be that man to someone. And right now, it's for my son. I thought it would be here. I thought it would be there. The Lord has closed doors. It's for my household right now. That's all I have. But it's something. It's something to give. To give myself to and to pour out myself for to establish a standard of sound words of saying to my son listen to daddy God can be known son I have entrusted you to him but listen to what I'm saying listen to these sound words of someone whose faith is in God my hope is in him son it's okay listen to what I'm saying I know something There's something, there's a standard within me that can be yours. Friends, we must give ourselves to expect God to draw near to us, to receive us, to love us, to protect us and keep us. We must deny the Garden of Eden lie that comes to us, that comes to our children, that comes to the entire earth, including the body of Christ, that says, hey, God's withholding something from you. You You better act. You better do something. God's not got this. God doesn't have you, friend. You better do something. Oh, friends, would you, would you take a great deep introspection into your life, into your heart, into your thinking, and ask yourself, is there any way where that lie has quietly snuck into my life? Oh, man, I've got to do something. God's not handling this. God's not doing what he was supposed to do in this area of my life. This isn't looking like even like he told me. It's Abraham and Isaac, y'all. This isn't looking like the promise. Oh my gosh, I've got to do something. No. All we do is respond to the yielding call. The yielding call that goes out to respond to what the Lord is asking for us to live sacrificially unto. Everything else else is self-preservation. Everything else is taking matters into our own hands and not entrusting ourselves, our households, our futures into the hands of God. Romans 10, and now I'm going to bring this to a close. He quotes Isaiah. 
Lord, who has believed that he has heard from us? Faith comes from hearing. And hearing through the word of Christ. Lord, brothers, are we hearing the Lord? Are we hearing him through his word? Through anybody else who is in our life? Who's speaking the oracles of God and receiving them from us? Are we hungry for that, friends? Are we hungering and thirsting for righteousness? Are we believing? Are we hearing? It is up to us to perpetuate the word of Christ in our age to others who are struggling to believe. Right now, it's my little son. It's just him. He is my ears right now. He's the ears of the words of my mouth, the oracles of God. And you know what, friends? That's enough. That's enough. Because what an awesome privilege to say, son, listen to daddy. I have entrusted you to God. Let's let's go to him in faith, believing he is listening, believing he will speak. We ourselves must be found believing God is faithful, us first. And then I'm going to say this and then I'll be done. Because I'm, I'm convinced that right now in this minute, this is what the Lord's saying. In what ways, friends, have we moved in and begun to handle God's matters? Oh, 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 we've got this, Lord. You're not doing this right. Now, we may never say that we're doing that, but I would say that's in all of us. If nothing else, the tendency to say, oh man, I need this, I need that. Again, even things God has brought our way, promises. But God, this isn't going the way you said it would. I have to act. I have to move. I have to bring relief to my son, to my wife, to my friends, to my family. I have to do something, God. I have to do it. I have to do something. You're not doing it right. Can we just be honest to say that we at least hold the capacity and potential to be those men? I'm wrestling with that, friends. Now, I'm choosing to lay it down today. My wife and I had an awesome time of prayer this morning of just of, of giving words to our faith. Lord, we entrust our son to you. We entrust ourselves to you in this season. We will not hasten to do your work, even though we're convinced is right and that's what you want for us. In this season, we are dependent. We are entrusting ourselves. We are empowered by your Spirit. To whom shall we go, God? You have the words of eternal life. We have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. And so, like, friends, Let's, let's apply that to what I'm saying. In any way, do we need to say to ourselves, Lord, will I, will I turn to myself? Who am I going to go to? Who am I going to go to? It's not up to me. It's not up to me. You 
will accomplish your work and your purposes. We seek you, not your hand, not your action, not your works. If we have you, and if we are beholding your face, we have everything that we need here. In this place, in this time, in this season of our life, you are everything that we need. Friends, let's walk in that. Let's be a people who fulfill that Second Timothy reality that Paul was saying to the young man. I want to be, I'm going to be that guy to someone someday. I'm going to be that guy to someone someday. Someday, someone is going to come to me. And all that I'm giving myself to now is going to be something of substance for someone else. Is that wrong? Is that wrong for us to want to be carriers of the eternal heritage of God to another brother, to another family, to our own children, to our wives? Y'all, this is what we're called to be. This is what we're called to do. May we be men who lay aside everything else and put it in its proper order and place underneath the function of the priestly order of our households in our purposes here on the earth. May we be men of faith who say, you know what? I believe. I have entrusted myself to God. I have entrusted my everything to him. Let me pray for you to do likewise. In faith now, in faith. Amen.